Hello and welcome to Talk Ag to Me, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brandon Black, and unfortunately, I am not, I'm not joined by my co-host today because neither one of them could make it. However, I am joined by a special guest, our first interview guest, Mr. Brandon Borba. Brandon, why don't you tell our, interview, or our audience a little bit about yourself? All right. Hey guys, I'm Brandon Borba. I'm 18 years old. I'm a senior at Tulare Union High School in Tulare, California. I will be attending Cal Poly San Luis Obispo in the fall of 2018 to study dairy science. And a little bit about myself, and I'll bring my family into it too. My family and I have been involved in agriculture since I can remember, since I was born. And uh, my avo on my dad's side was a dairy farmer for his entire life. And now my uncle runs the business. But it's always been something I could go back to and lean on in my family and it's always been a part of me and always will be so that's a little bit about myself so thanks for bringing me here absolutely today, thanks for coming and um, to give you guys a little bit of insight on the outside of the, the podcast before i started this show uh, i actually asked brandon here to be my original co-host the only reason he couldn't is just because you know schedule complications and it was just a little rough but um i think that uh i think that it, I, I speak for myself and both my co-hosts to say that we're glad to have you on the show today and we're glad to see you in future episodes um granted that, that you're willing to come back oh yeah get used to my voice everyone i'll be back for sure all right so um to, to start off with i have a few questions for you uh, and to start off this interview and one the first one i want to go over is um why did you join ffa originally well i knew that when i was in middle school and coming into high school the transition was a little bit hard for me as it is for everyone but I knew that coming into high school I wanted to be in some sort of agriculture class because that was my choice of career I wanted to pursue a career in agriculture and I didn't know what it was at the time what career I would choose but I knew that taking the path through FFA for a career in agriculture was the right choice for me because it's the best route to take awesome so um, why don't you start off um, by telling our uh or uh, get our uh, audience here a little bit about uh, some of the things you've done at FFA, what um, what you've gone to, what you've uh, participated in, what you've competed in. Um, you know, just give them a little bit of insight. Okay, so you guys probably know about Brendan and Abby and Evan by now that they're pretty involved. They are in speaking competitions, judging competitions, officers, uh, delegates at conventions, the whole nine yards. Unfortunately, I'm not up to their standards but <laughs> i'm still quite involved in ffa i haven't done any of these judging or speaking teams instead my whole ffa career is based around showing dairy cows and that's what i've done throughout high school and i got involved because of my family history and my dad got me involved and was introduced me to it and i thank him for that and it's been one of the best experiences of my high school career and now I get to pass on the showing legacy in the Borba family to my little brother. So that's what I've done. And even though I wasn't on these judging or speaking teams, I was always involved by going to meetings and other FFA activities. Like we have, uh, like, what do we have? Like movie nights and stuff yeah, like that. Have, and yeah. s simple stuff. Well, you've gone to a few uh, leadership and conferences yeah, too. Yeah, I have. The past two years, I've been fortunate enough to attend the 89th and 90th FFA state leadership conferences, those have been some of the best experiences I've had in FFA. And you meet so many new people from different parts of 
California, and Brendan can speak on behalf of the national convention because he's been to that how many times? Three? Three. Three times. And he can tell you that when you go to these conventions, you meet so many different people, and you see the variety of agriculture that is present in our nation. And for me, that all I got to see was in our state, but Brendan <laughs> can tell you about in our nation. Absolutely. So I know you talked about it a little bit when you were introducing yourself, um, but could you go over your future aspirations again, you know, like what your career goals are and, and kind of where you're going and how FFA has helped you reach this this point? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So after graduating Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, when uh, probably in like 2022, around that time, uh, I intend to pursue a career breeding dairy cows in the Central Valley with my own breeding business. So that's always been something I've been interested in. Besides, well, cows I've always been interested in, but that per specific aspect of the dairy industry, I've always had a little bit of a, a want to try and pursue a career in. And there's, there's another part of dairy cows and the dairy industry that I've always been interested in, and that's management. So if I'm given the opportunity to manage a dairy in the future or just oversee the operations, I would gladly take the opportunity and run with it because it's been a part of my family for as long as I can remember and I'd like to keep the whole tradition going. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so, <clears throat> just kind of, you're talking a little bit about some of the things that you've noticed and that you've developed and, and skills that you've learned from FFA and you're talking about how you're not quite as involved with some of, some of your peers but you are more involved in some of your other peers. So, um, what... Just from your experiences, could you tell us a little bit about you know what you've learned from this organization, what has helped you with, what kind of skills you developed, that kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, some of the things that I've learned from FFA are how to be a leader, and I've learned a lot about myself as well, just from my experiences and uh, being evaluated by my peers and educators. So one of the things I've learned about myself is that one day... if I wanted to I could possibly be an agriculture educator because I didn't know beforehand that I was capable of teaching children or even high schoolers or adults about agriculture I just knew that I could give a presentation but I didn't know that I was capable of keeping these kids uh, interacted and interested in something that you would think they wouldn't have an interest in and that's what I've learned about myself and the whole leadership part that you learn in FFA is you learn how to stand in front of a group of people and give a 30 second speech or <laughs> even longer than that if for some of you 30 seconds to you is probably like a blink of an eye because you do the extemporaneous stuff and all that <laughs> but yeah. you learn how to be a leader and you learn how to uh, stand above your peers and colleagues and the way I learned that is I learned how to be a leader from being a mentor to my little brother, especially after he started showing dairy cows. I've been able to show him what it takes to be good in a show ring and what it takes to handle an animal and all the other aspects of showing dairy cows, which he didn't know before he got involved and I was able to show him. So that's how I've learned how to be a leader and a lot of stuff I've learned about myself just from being involved. That's great, and um, I kind of wanted to uh, to really focus on that last part you're talking about being a leader. Um, keep in mind, this is coming from somebody who wasn't an officer, didn't do a whole lot of speaking or judging teams, and went to a few conferences. But like, 
even though he wasn't as involved as some of his peers, he still understands the importance of leadership and, and what role it has on you know your development as, as just a person and a community member and, and that kind of thing. I think, I think that's really important to kind of focus on is that leadership is something that's just it's universal. You know, you don't have to be an officer to be a leader. You don't have to be a public speaker to be a leader. But he's taken leadership into his own hands in teaching his brother how to show. I think that's really something special and something that needs to be recognized a lot more often. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to kind of uh, transition us into um, one of our next uh, question parts that, that we're going to go over here. So from what I understand, you are part of... I guess you call it a class. It's this new um, group that's being started by one of our ag teachers, Mr. Tano, where you and, an, and another group of kids go to eighth grade, like to go, you go to middle schools and you talk to eighth grade classes about agriculture and about FFA and kind of help them, you know, understand where their where their path in the agriculture industry is headed. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about that? So, Brendan summed it up pretty well, but I'll go a little bit more in depth. Uh, myself and seven other team members. So a total of eight of us, we go to various middle schools around Tulare County. Some of them, uh, you might know the names, Pixley Middle School, Tipton, uh, Cherry Avenue. Those are just some of them, but there's more. And uh, we go around giving either presentations or taking them on field trips or showing them various FFA activities just to get their get their feet wet in the agriculture industry and give them like the precursor to what high school is about high school agriculture is about and it's a lot of fun we take them on like i said field trips we've taken them to the world ag expo we took them to the fair took them to a uc davis vet center and we took them on a tour of a local dairy farm and it's just those little activities we give them a little bit of information at a time and give them that that little introduction to agriculture so they're ready for high school agriculture and they can uh excel more in high school yeah i think that's a i think it's a really cool program um to initiate and it's only been around for a year or two right yeah a year uh, i know well they did it last year too so yeah this is the second year yeah and it seems well from what i understand from talking to our teacher which i'm not part of the program but i've you know i've seen what what you guys have been doing um from talking to our teacher about it it seems like it's expanding pretty pretty rapidly in my yeah in fact in the last month and a half we've attain two more schools to join on this program next year alpine vista and palo verde are going to be joining next year and those are two really big uh really big name schools or for middle schools i guess not <laughs> i don't know i have big name middle schools but uh they have a lot of potential with ag students which is really exciting from heat for me to hear because i went to palo verde from kindergarten to fourth grade and um actually uh while we were doing um eighth grade recruitment day over at the farm I actually talked to a couple of my old Palo Verde teachers and they're telling me that they were interested in starting ag classes and that they had this whole garden built over there now after I left and all this stuff which is exciting for me to see my old home school which you know granted this school is built right next to a cornfield so I mean agriculture is literally right, right across the street so it's um it's just kind of it's kind of a unique uh feeling for you know for someone like me that came from from that school and um yeah, just like I said earlier, I think that this program is really kind of just, kind of just a cool idea. Yeah. Just to to kind of talk to these kids about uh, agriculture, about FFA, about high school, and um, I I know just to kind of give you guys a, a little brief story. Um, like I said, we were we were recruiting eighth graders, and I actually went with a couple of the kids to uh, Live Oak, which was 
uh, the the middle school that Brandon and I both graduated from. Yep. And um, we uh, we went to go talk to some of these kids there, and there was a kid that asked all of the recruiters there the same question. He said, "Does chocolate milk really come from brown cows?" And this is kind of a funny question that you know people in the agriculture industry joke about, but it's it's a real question that a lot of people don't know the answer to. They they think that that chocolate that it milk, really does. Yeah, which. You know, not to say there's anything wrong with those people who who think that. It's just it's important that they understand that that's not the case. And there are even some adults that think that today. And that's kind of um, dangerous, I guess you could say, to the agriculture industry. People who don't understand uh, how these processes work. And um, so I think that your guys's uh, task in in educating these these students about agriculture is something that's um, that should be more heavily. Uh, given attention to I guess you could say yeah uh, which it, it seems like it is it seems like that this is expanding pretty rapidly which I'm personally glad to glad to see happen yeah in fact we're actually building a uh, nursery out at Cherry Avenue it's almost finished at this point but we're building a nursery and it's a great way to keep the students involved in uh, agriculture and just for them to always have something to do and always look back to and say oh look uh, I was growing tomatoes or i was growing peppers or i was doing something involved in the ag industry while i was while i was at school and a lot of the other kids from different schools don't have that experience to go back to and it's just a really cool thing for us to do for those eighth graders yeah i think that's really really unique and something else i kind of just thought of is um giving them that hands-on experience is i think the ultimate way to teach yeah. these kids that that's why too. taking them on field trips was a lot of fun for them they love the hands-on activities and it shows them really what agriculture is about. There is a lot of hands-on involvement in agriculture. It's not just sitting at a desk all day doing uh, computer work. It's more more hands-on and getting your hands dirty and putting in the hard work. Yeah, and I think these kids, um, you know, they, you can teach them about whatever they want. I have a textbook, but I don't think they truly process this information until they, you know, they feel that dirt in their hands or they get to actually, you know, see the cows out in the pasture or they get to, you know, actually visit the vet clinic like you guys are talking about. I think that's, you know, something that is a unique opportunity that you guys are providing them. And I think it's something that's really, um, really, really beneficial to, to not only their future, but ours as well, because they're going to be the future generations that, potentially feed us so um yeah i think that i think that's pretty cool so um kind of wrap up that idea a little bit and transition into our uh, our new one can you tell us a little bit about um some of the things that you've learned through this experience of, of teaching these eighth graders well i kind of touched basis on this earlier but uh i learned about myself that i have the ability to teach children or some not Children, yeah, children. Yeah, so I guess you say high school. I have the ability to teach high schoolers or middle schoolers uh, about a certain subject that I'm passionate about, which in this uh, case was agriculture. And I didn't know that before I was involved in this program. Before I was involved in this program, I was afraid I would be doing these kids a disservice if I wasn't truly teaching them to my to the best of my ability. But in fact, when, at sometimes when I felt I was doing my worst they were still interpreting all the information perfectly fine and still involved. And the the best thing about this program is that they have someone they can go to that's only four or five years older than them rather than go to their teacher, which they are, sometimes are uncomfortable speaking to, which is sometimes 20 or 30 years older than them. And the fact that they have somebody that they can go to that has been through it 
two or three years before them, uh, it's just so much easier and more comfortable for them to get across their mind. Yeah, I think you make a good point there. I think um, that's something that's kind of important uh, for the whole program that you guys are doing for for that to even work in in general. It's just kids tend to relate more to people closer to their age. And, you know, like you're saying, they're not going to listen to somebody 20 or 30 years older than them telling them something that they may or not believe. Um, So I think that you guys talking to them being, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, um, they relate to you guys a little bit more. They kind of look up to you almost like you're, you know, like an older sibling. Like they, you know, they trust you and they trust what you're telling them. And I think another aspect of that is that because we're younger, because we're a newer generation, we've adapted language that's a little bit more comfortable for them to interpret that, you know, maybe their teachers or advisors or other adults just don't really um, know how to use, you know, we're able to communicate with them in a way that they're more understanding and more comfortable with that um, I think it gives us an advantage in that sense. Definitely, definitely. All right, so, um, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up the, uh, the whole 8th grade program, which I think, once again, is just a really unique aspect. That's, that's one, of the, one of the other reasons I wanted to bring Brandon on here is because I knew that he was um, pretty involved in this thing, and, and I knew that he wanted to talk about it a little bit, so I thought that'd be good, especially because it kind of revolves our central theme of ag literacy here. And um, so moving into a somewhat similar topic, um, last year at the 89th Annual State FFA Leadership Conference, I had the opportunity to be a delegate with a good friend of mine, and we voted on an amendment that allowed 7th and 8th grade FFA members to join our organization, part of the Discovery FFA program. And this is somewhat related to what you're doing, talking to these 8th graders and getting them involved in, in our organization as well. Um, I kind of want to get your opinion on, on what um, maybe like what are the pros and cons to to this program you know what what do you think is the best benefit to bringing in seventh and eighth grade FFA members and what do you think are some you know potential hazards that we should be uh, wary of so I'm just gonna start off right off the bat if you get somebody involved in a program for two more years and you allow them to develop themselves throughout the entire uh, lifespan of that uh, club, they're going to be a lot more successful than someone who has only been in it for four years. So somebody involved for six years is going to have more experience and more time to develop than someone who has been in it four years. It's common sense. <laughs> so that's the biggest advantage of this Discovery FFA program. You're giving them more time to develop and more chances to experience agriculture uh, in a larger time frame. Also, in the Discovery FFA program, we're giving them the opportunity to receive the right information sooner. So what I mean by that is when you give a kid the information or the, the idea that chocolate milk does in fact come from brown cows, they're going to continue to think that until they're proven otherwise, which of course is wrong. But if you're giving them the right information saying, well, chocolate milk does not come from brown cows, all milk that comes from cows is white. So when you're giving them that information at a younger age, they believe that until they're proven otherwise, which in this case will never happen because it's true. So when you're giving them the right information at an earlier time frame, they're better off in the future. And for those people that are given the wrong information and aren't proven otherwise, they're going to continue to relay that information back to the younger generation. And then you get a revolving cycle of bad. (laughs) and that just causes a bunch of bad information that spread and which leads to the 
percentage of our population that doesn't know where their food comes from. Which is 72%. Which, yeah, according to the Farmers and Ranchers Alliance survey or something like yes, was that. Is. what it was? It was 72% does not know where their food comes from. So that is 20, 28%. 28%. 20, only 28% of our population knows where our food comes from. So that number definitely needs to increase. That's right. And through this program, I believe we will get that number at least a little bit higher. That's that's kind of the, the dream here. And um, I think um, in addition to the agricultural education that's, that's potentially available for these new members, um, I wouldn't say in addition to actually. It, it, we have these 7th and 8th grade members that are going to be joining FFA. They already have, well, potentially, at least in our area, they already have access to agricultural education in, in the form of like the program that you're doing or in the form of you know, 4-H and they have other programs available, I think kind of the main advantage to them joining FFA at such a young age is they get a first-hand perspective about kind of things we were talking about earlier, the leadership development, the career success, and, and the personal growth that, that we kind of saw um, through our four years in high school. They get to see it before we got to. I mean, I think I think that's a very rare experience for someone that their age to to have, and not to say that they need to be forced into speaking and judging teams at such a young age, because that's still something that's being debated today. But I think it's I think it's an experience that can help greatly affect their involvement in the program. That can help greatly infe- affect their involvement in their communities and, and their leadership potential. And could you imagine? I mean, you see where we're at today compared to how we were as freshmen. Yeah. Could you imagine where we would be today if we had two extra years of this? Uh, I definitely would have spoken more <laughs> in my seventh grade year. That one, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Not, so, not, not as shy. That would yeah. have been for sure. So I think you're on the right track with the whole agriculture education thing. It's better to teach kids at a younger age. So that way they, they grow up to be more agriculture literate. Or at least that's the, that's the idea. But I think that what we're doing now, talking on this podcast about these kinds of issues, I think if we teach these kids at an even younger age – a seventh and eighth grade that these issues exist that you know that they have a voice and they have the ability to relay this information the correct information like you're talking about i think that will greatly benefit our future generations and the future you know of agriculture in general i think that we have a, a huge opportunity here and i think you were kind of going towards that with with your um you know your analogy of the kids that with the chocolate brown or yeah with the chocolate milk coming from brown cows um so in terms of harmfulness what do you see any potential hazards with um discovery FFA? yeah there is one issue that i kind of see in this uh program it's that we're we're bringing in more students which is good but at the same time is it too much to where our programs can't handle it so we have how much how many more students would we say about uh if we were to do it in our town probably be like 400 400 I, students, maybe. I mean, with as many middle schools as we have, I'm sure we, we can get that number. Yeah, we could get that. So we bring 400 more students into our program. And we already have 500 right now. We have more than that. We have six or 700. We have six or 700 in our program. And there is... That's just in our, our chapter. We have six or 700 students, and then we would bring in an additional 400. That would be a little too much for... For our chapter to handle not saying it couldn't be done but it would be a little bit extra workload for everyone involved so that's the only issue I see it's just a little bit more work we got to get through but it definitely it definitely could be done yeah no I, I think I think it's a fair point I think it would be a little bit 
overwhelming at first to have that many um, members join our, our organization at once. Um, but we already are starting to see some seventh and eighth grade members integrated into our system. I mean, I, I actually got the chance to talk to some at state convention, and that was kind of a, a cool opportunity to get to talk to them and see what their thoughts on uh, the whole convention were and, and on FFA in general. And um, I think that the adaptation to this boom of population would be pretty easy to match. It just might take some time. But I think that's also assuming that all of these members would join at once, which I don't think is the case. I think it takes some time for all of these chapters to kind of grow and develop because there's... So we talked a lot today about involvement and opportunities and the kinds of things that FFA um, provides for us, a lot of things that we've done. Um, If... I'm going to kind of give you a hypothetical situation here. If you had had the chance to restart high school, restart FFA, what kinds of things would you you regret not getting involved in? What kinds of things would you get involved in or advise other I definitely would be more involved in the judging and speaking aspect of FFA if I was a if I was given the opportunity to restart high school, which can't happen. But uh, if that hypothetical situation would occur, I would definitely be involved in more involved in the speaking and judging aspect of it. I would probably join uh, extemporaneous speaking. I thought that was a pretty cool. Uh, part of FFA and I would also join many judging teams I probably would do dairy uh I was pretty good at citrus judging <laughs> uh just you could probably add that if you want but I would I definitely would have been on more teams uh the only team I was a part of through FFA was my freshman year I was on an opening uh closing speaking team and I was only one competition so it was one and done kind of thing but for those of you that are wanting to get involved in FFA and wanting to join speaking teams or do something in FFA, I would highly recommend being on speaking teams, being on judging teams, being on a show team, or being an officer. That's what I regret a lot about not joining any judging or speaking teams is that it didn't give me the opportunity or a fair opportunity to be an officer. So those are some of the the key points that I would recommend being a part of if you were uh, jo- wanting to join the team. That's what I would highly recommend for those of you. And when he says, because he, he talked a little bit about being an officer and you know um, how if you don't do judging or speaking teams, you're going to have less of a fair chance to be an officer. In saying this, basically what he means is when you're an officer you don't necessarily have to do judging or speaking teams. But if you do have that background and knowledge in, in your mind, if you do have that experience and that skill of you know talking in front of people and communicating with others and making friends, that's going to benefit you so much. Just, you know, not even just being an officer, just in general, being able to walk into a, a room and just like talk to people or being able to give a speech in front of a, a group of your peers. That's just something that's like so huge, such a, such a, an enormous skill to have. And, you know, I go out and I talk in front of adults and they're like blown away by my ability just to be able to talk. And they go up to me and say, how are you so good at talking? Like, well, I do FFA. That's something that's just something like we are just conditioned to, to speak. And Brandon here, while not doing any speaking teams, while not being an officer, just through his years in FFA, he still developed a very significant ability to talk in front of people and it's something that a lot of kids if you just pick from any random high school they wouldn't be able to do and it has nothing to do with you know he's just a natural born speaker because 
him and I both as eighth graders were very shy. We didn't really talk to a whole lot of people. We were very, we were very you know, um, just closed in and we wouldn't really... Stuck to ourselves. Yeah. And, like, all we do is play baseball. That was all we... Like, that was our whole life. We didn't talk to anybody. We had our friends, obviously. But through our years in FFA, we become so social and active and, and engaging. And it has nothing to do with, you know, speaking teams and, and judging teams and being an officer. Although that those things greatly amplify your ability to be... Um, social and outspoken and, and, and you know, capable of, of, of doing the kinds of things that we do. Um, so kind of just to, to wrap up here, Brandon, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about was through your eighth grade involvement, through your talking to these, these students who you're trying to get to join FFA, um, what are some of the things that you've told them in terms of advice or what are some things you would want to tell members that are going to be joining FFA in terms of advice um, as they come in? Just be just be involved. Being involved is so key to being an FFA because we have students in our chapter that aren't as involved as uh, most of us, and I don't feel like they get the true uh, experience uh, that an FFA member really gets. So when you're involved and you are on a showing team or a speaking team or a judging team, you just get so many more experiences and you get to learn a lot more about yourself and about others that you wouldn't learn if you just sat at home. So that's just what I would recommend. Awesome. All right. So I think we're, um, we're getting closer to the, um, the end of this episode here. Brandon, do you have any uh, final remarks you wanted, any comments you wanted to, to make? Uh, just get used to my voice, everyone. I'll <laughs> probably be back on here at least two more times. At least two more times. That's your, uh, that's your goal? Make it back on the show two more times. We'll see. <laughs> uh, you might you might be on here more than that because, uh, like I said, if if my co-hosts you know aren't available, I just call you up and say, "Hey, yeah. can you record an episode real quick?" But we'll see how that goes. Um, been, Hope you guys fun. enjoyed this episode. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're starting to wrap up the episode here. So uh, make sure you guys, um, if you have any topics you want to hear on the show, if you have anything you want us to discuss next episode will be going towards a more ag issues related um topic and, and you'll get to see what that is next week so make sure you tune in um, but if you have anything you want us to talk about anything you want to hear any, or maybe if you have somebody you want to be on the podcast or maybe you want to be on the podcast make sure you get a hold of us on our social media comment on our youtube um videos just you know get a hold of us and, and we'll make sure to talk about it and and you know because one of the goals we talked about in our first episode here is we want to build a community with you guys. We want you guys to be involved. And so um, we can't do that without your guys' help. So, yeah, make sure you guys get a hold of us. Make sure you guys, you know, like we were talking about, get involved. And, um, yeah, that's just that's just, that's going to be the ultimate way that we help you help us. So um, I'll, uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. Yep. All right. We'll <laughs> see you guys later. And uh, don't forget, if you ate today, like a farmer.